Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm feeling delicious. Ooh, well then, this is the right episode for you. I wonder why. <laughs> because as always, I don't know, people are on the edge of their seats. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we're chatting all about the pace of our biggest pop star divas, from the leisurely stride of Rihanna, who hasn't put out an album since 2016's Auntie, to Ariana Grande's breakneck two albums a year schedule, and everyone in between, including Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Halsey, Camila Cabello, and Selena Gomez. Is there a right or wrong way to do things? Keith and I will break it down. (laughs) Plus, we've got big chart news about... Slipknot getting their third number one album on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, and how there's a brand new number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. But who could it be? I just gave you a hint right there. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do some chart chat. Yeah. On the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Slipknot scores its third number one album as the rock band's We Are Not Your Kind bows in the top slot. The album earned 118,000 equivalent album units in the week ending August 15th, according to Nielsen Music. And it's actually the first hard rock album to be number one since way back in October of 2017 when Concrete and Gold by the Foo Fighters entered atop the tally. Switching gears over to the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart. Big, big news, because after a record-breaking 19 weeks at number one, Little Nas X's Old Town Road, featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, is bumped from the top of the chart by Billie Eilish's Bad Guy. The single, which is Eilish's first number one, was up in both sales and streams in the tracking week ending August 15th, aided in part by a new vertical video for the track that was released during the tracking period. Fun fact, Bad Guy actually sets a record as the single with the most weeks at number two before hitting number one. I know it's a weird one. It actually spent nine non-consecutive weeks at number two before hitting number one. Now, make sure to read Gary Truss' story about uh, Billy hitting number one over on Billboard.com. He has lots more facts and figures and tidbits and fun, fun, interesting angles about uh, her hitting number one this week. So go check that out on Billboard.com. I'm the bad guy. Duh. So now it's time to talk all about the biggest pop star divas right now and how they deliver their music to fans. So this idea came up because we are allegedly expecting a new reggae album from Rihanna, which is set to drop by the end of this year, allegedly, and it would be her first album since 2016's Auntie. Meanwhile, Ariana Grande just released her new song Boyfriend with Social House only a few months after February's Thank You Next album, which itself was released less than six months after August 2018's Sweetener. So these are two very different paces, to say the least, and Keith and I thought we would talk about the Ariana to Rihanna release spectrum, copyright pending yeah. on that. 
um, and where their fellow top 40 pop queens fall. Basically, that's what we're looking at today is when that last album came out and what they've been doing since to kind of stay in the public eye. And obviously, Rihanna is still in the public eye, even though it's been four years. She's just, you know, Almost four it's, years. it's been not necessarily completely focused on music. Exactly. So let's talk about some of the things that she has been doing okay. since. Work, 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 work. You see me every work, 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 work. You see me do me da, 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 da. So me work, 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 work. So the anti-album came out in January of 2016, and it was preceded actually by a couple standalone singles, Bitch Better Have My Money. And American Oxygen, as well as Four or Five Seconds with Kanye West and Paul McCartney, all in 2015. Um, none of which I think were actually on the nope. finished album. Nope. And then uh, later on, I think in 2016, mm-hmm. This Is What You Came For with Calvin Harris came out. Yep, in April. Yeah. And then later that year, <laughs> in the midst of all the promotion for Anti, she got the MTV Video Vanguard Award at the VMAs. So 2016 was a big year. It was a big year. And she was busy promoting the album with singles left and right. Yeah, very active and all music related. All very music focused. I think there was even a tour at some point as well. So then come 2017, the next year, uh, she was featured on DJ Khaled's Wild Thoughts, which was also featuring Brian. Brian. Bryson Tiller. Bryson Tiller. And that was in June of 2017. And then she was also on NERD's Lemon that year. It's been a while. I thought that was a lot more recent. I know, while, 2017. Yeah. But the big thing to think about in 2017 is that the very first Fenty Beauty line launched that year in September. So that was two years ago, almost exactly two years ago. And since then, like that has been Her what focus. we've most heard from Rihanna. Like everything Fenty. Yes. And so 2018 was the lingerie line, which was Savage by Fenty, uh, which launched at New York Fashion Week uh, in 2018. And then uh, the Fenty fashion brand launched in May of this year. So like it's just been Fenty, Fenty, Fenty since the album, basically. Also, don't forget Ocean's 8 was in there, too. Oh, yeah. By the way, Rihanna starred in a blockbuster movie, too. I think the thing about Rihanna is like there are some a lot of people not putting music out right now, but she's very much choosing not to and we know and we we assume that things are like going to be very anticipated once the music comes like right that actually people will care it will get played on the radio that she's still going to be as big of a deal right In the notice of the cry, so i'm picking it up picking it up i'm loving i'm loving i'm picking it up picking it up well so let's talk about ariana on the other end of this spectrum um, Which she's probably released an album already right, exactly. before, before this podcast we're, has come out. We're only going to go back to uh, the you know sweet old days of August 2018, exactly <laughs> one year ago when Sweetener was released. But it really does feel like a million years ago in the Ariana timeline because she was engaged to Pete Davidson then. Like there, there's just things like her life has shifted greatly since that release. And meanwhile, she put out the song Thank You Next in November following this album. She still had Breathing Out as a single from Sweetener when she popped out Thank You Next as well. She really wanted to move on from the Sweetener era. She did. And I mean, because so many things were going on in her life, she addressed it directly by name in Thank You Next in the song. It was like she... The pace of her music releasing was like the same pace as her like life was going. I'm sure she probably just like was like, look, I feel, you know... I feel like I have something to say right now. I can get into the studio. I can make yeah. these songs. I, f- I feel very moved artistically mm-hmm. and creatively. Well, and she's talked about her 
collaborator friends just kind of dragging her into the studio to get her mind like, off things. Just get this out. Yeah, exactly. So like, both creative juices flowing and also needing a distraction probably right. turned into the album Thank You Next, which came out in February of this year. So, well, let's, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure creatively people are just like, like, you know, I, they always want more. Like she keeps, you know, she just put out a new single, you know, Boyfriend. You know, does that mean we're going to get another new album? Because now there's a new, like, she's turning over a new leaf in her life with, well, like, whatever this song means. And I think, in this case, like, people do always literally want more. Like, I've, I haven't heard a single person say that they're tired of Ariana Grande or, like, oh, God, another Ariana Grande song. Like, the radio just picks it up and runs with it. Right. It's another top ten single. And that's not even the end of it, Keith, because she also has this song Angel with Miley Cyrus and Lana Del Rey, which we have not heard the full song yet from the Charlie's Angel soundtrack. Right. Which she is executive producing the soundtrack with like Max Martin and um, Savin Katecha, whose name I'm probably going to butcher. Um, that song's still coming. We heard a little taste of it in the trailer mm. of the movie, but that's it. And so like there's a whole other wave of Ariana that's on the horizon. Okay, so basically, now that we've talked about our two ladies that we're kind of holding up as the pinnacle of being on the fast end and the slow end of the spectrum. Where does everyone fall? Where does everyone else fall? And I think it only makes sense since it's Lover Release Week to talk about where Taylor Swift falls on the spectrum. You are somebody that I don't know, but you're taking shots at me like it's Patron, and I'm just like, damn. It's 7 a.m. It's interesting. She's she's coming from she started in an old school fashion, mm-hmm. you know, in the late aughts, <laughs> you know, with her first album, and then she's transitioning into kind of having to le- be a little bit more nimble mm-hmm. um, in the current era, where you can't just sort of wait three or four years or three years to drop an album. It starts off with one single, and then you drop the album. Yeah, like her you, formula has had to evolve. Yeah, which you know is difficult because it's like, all right, I guess we have to like shake it up and you know or shake it off or i'm sorry look she can you need to calm down <laughs> there it is um yeah but i mean so taylor she put out her last album reputation was in november 2017 she had a humongous stadium world tour Massive. in 2018 and then already this year lover is going to come out on august 23rd friday and that's what less than two years after her last album which is at a slightly faster pace yeah though it seems like her albums normally came out every two years yeah she's at a s- slightly quicker pace yes because november versus august yeah nor- normally her album would come out at the, right at the end of the year in like november that whole christmas shopping season and then on top of that she has the movie cats coming out this december her biggest big screen role so far she's an interesting case because she's sort of like does is what she is what Taylor doing kind of are we gonna are other divas who take a long time between albums gonna take a cue from her? Mm-hmm. So it's like so Taylor is is updating her style. Ha, there's another song title reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it enough? And will she will she quicken the pace even more with the next album? Who I, knows? Who knows? And will this even work? We're gonna find out. Um, you know when lover impacts the charts yeah we'll see we'll see how this this uh round worked for her moving on moving on who's next keith beyonce beyonce which comes from the 90s for god's sake yeah you mix that negro with that creole make a texas and now she's transitioned to just sort of again like adele she can just do whatever the heck she wants she's kind of a transcendent diva here that she's bucked you know i mean she 
Where she goes, people follow. Historically, her last album, her last sort of solo proper album was Lemonade. Right. Came out in 2016 as a visual album in April of that year. Then the following year, she performed at Coachella in 2017. The next year, uh, she and her husband, Jay-Z, completed their trilogy of albums. Uh, She had Lemonade, he had 444, and then together they put out Everything is Love. And then this year, she put out her Homecoming live album and its parent concert film, Homecoming, on Netflix. Um, And then she had her starring role in The Lion King. And then she was Nala. And she was Nala in The Mm -hmm. Lion King. And she had her companion album, The Gift. Yeah, it's like she's, we basically have two Beyonce albums this year, but they're not really like proper studio albums, obviously. They're just different. They're both different. Yeah, it's, I think, I think people, I think The Gift has been received quite differently than a traditional studio album for Beyonce. Yes. And I think her fans understand that too. Yes. Um, But, you know, and she, but still, like, she limited her press availability. She did, I think, one interview mm-hmm. on GMA, Good Morning America, for the album. But otherwise, she's kept it very Beyonce-like. Yes. Um, she walked the red carpet. Didn't talk to anyone. Right. She walked the carpet, took some photos, mm-hmm. hightailed it out of there. She's still beyonce She's still beyonce Um <laughs> But, you know, does that mean for her next album... You know, will she adhere to? Will she? Will she ever? Will she ever go back to do press again? Will she ever? Will she drop a new album next year? Because it'll have been, you know, at that point. My God, if we count Lemonade as her last proper solo album, it'll have been seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, like four years. But unlike Rihanna, who also had her last proper solo album in twenty sixteen, Beyonce has really been feeding fans music. Like everything is love. Is, you know, is if you're a Beyonce fan, you're eating that up. Right. If you're a Beyonce fan getting the Coachella live album Homecoming, you're eating that up. Be able to watch the special and the behind the scenes. That's incredible. To serve the fans. The gift, more new Beyonce music. It's like there is a lot of music, 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 music in the absence of a proper, you know, traditional album. Right. So she's really like giving it to her fans. Right. Whereas Rihanna is like, here's some lingerie. <laughs> but I would argue that they're both like, you know, Smart. as famous as they will ever be. You know what I mean? Like they're both at this like pinnacle that is seems impossible to reach mm. in cultural significance. But like they're definitely like delivering different things to their fans right now. So totally switching gears here. Like I think from the the people that we've been talking about is Halsey. She has come into her own as a pop star big time over the last couple of years, and a lot of that started with her sophomore album, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, which was released in June of 2017. And uh, she really, 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 really hit her mark last year with her very first number one Hot 100 hit, Without Me. Actually, it reached number one this year, didn't it? It was yeah, it released did. in Early October, but yeah. hit number one in this year. It had a long run. It did. It did. And But that was, um, I should say, it's her first solo number one because right. she obviously was closer on Closer with, with the Chainsmokers. Chainsmokers. But um, it seems like Without Me was like a real like vote of confidence for Halsey as a pop star. Right. That she, that she took this song, once again, similar to Ariana, very personal song written in the wake of her high profile breakup from G-Eazy. Yeah. And very much speaking directly to a breakup, infidelity, etc. Right. And and people embraced it as like, you know, 
this holistic thing for Halsey of like, you're getting the whole personal story from me in this song. And it went to number one on the Hot 100. Now, she has a new single, Nightmare. It's newish. New, it's, newish. It was released in May. Yeah. So it's ancient in, in relative terms. And she alleges there's an album coming this year. Okay. So we're still waiting on that as well. And she's so much earlier in the game than a lot of the women we've already spoken it's about. It's hard to compare her to like a Taylor or Beyonce or, right. you know. But she's like on the climb yeah. to that potential area. Um. So maybe we can have three albums from her within the next 12 months. And so, so far, like without me and Nightmare are quote unquote standalones. Although Nightmare, since it's newish, maybe is going, is considered might be a lead single for whatever this third album if, I'm is. I'm sure if it does amazing, it'll suddenly be the ha. lead single to something. It's a great song, but it's like it's like a like an alt rock song. Have you yeah. listened? It's like an Evanescence song or something. Well, you know, it's it's yes. She's fascinating. She's she's all over the place. She is. Speaking and of newer artists, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, her debut solo album, Camila, was released in January of 2018. Um, then she had, you know, obviously a number one hit with Havana. Uh, Never Be the Same was a huge hit. She had some collaborations. She had a remix of Never Be the Same with Kane Brown. Uh, she had a duet version of Bozzy's Beautiful that came out that year. And then, you know, this year she had the Senorita duet with Shawn Mendes. I feel like there's an album coming. She's she's tweeted as much where she's been working on music. Nothing so, official yet. So maybe maybe that'll come out on like sort of the two-year anniversary of the last album. But so you were going to mention Senorita with Shawn Mendes, or you mentioned I it. I did. Um, that is riding high right now. It's doing really well. But um, I feel like the like she kept the kind of awareness campaign going with with the song and and her and Sean are so buzzed about and everything. So yeah, seems like the right move. Okay, someone who has five million singles and no album. Oh my god, did you know Revival was in 2015? Talking about Selena Gomez. Sorry, I went straight straight in. Can't keep my hands to myself. Her last studio album was in 2015, dude. And since then, she's had about like eight songs. Yeah, I mean, we're not gonna, we don't need to name them all, but, but she's we, had a zillion, zillion like, different singles. Like, we don't talk anymore. With Charlie Puth was in 2016. That was after her last album. That, then there was Kygo's and Ate Me. There was Marshmallows. The Wolf uh, song is great. Uh, Bad Liar and Fetish, which were amazing standalone singles. Literally, all the songs she's put out, she's put out enough songs, I think, in the interim to probably put out an album. Ooh, she can do a Drake care package. Oh, yeah. There you go. Just tie them all up in a bow. She's like, here, I here's my odds and sods collection. These, these things can all just go together. Meanwhile, this year, there's been Zip Zero Music. Taki Taki came out last fall and obviously, like, still being played at least on LA radio a lot with Cardi B and with Osuna and it's a DJ Snake song. But she's in a zombie movie called The Dead Don't Die with, like, Bill Murray, and it's a Jim Jarmusch movie. That, that's what she's doing right now. She's, she's yeah. We need an album is what we're saying. She's like, yeah, sure you do. Um, uh, and then, finally, Lady Gaga. Yeah, we got to talk about Gaga. You're giving me a million reasons to let you go. You're giving me a million reasons to quit the show. You're giving me a million reasons Her last proper solo studio album was Joanne in 2016. Yeah, 2016 was a big pop diva year and I don't think I noticed it at the time but we've just said how many people had 2016 albums. But she, since then she's been a little bit busy. She did the Super Bowl halftime show in early 2017. She did Coachella that year. 
And then she spent a lot of that year filming A Star is Born. Including at Coachella. And then at the end of 2018, she released the movie A Star is Born with the soundtrack. Uh, had a hit with Shallow. And oh, by the way, she got two Oscar nominations. And won one of them. And won one of them. Earlier this year. So her pace is interesting just because she's had to have it interspersed with these huge kind of looks that kind of have like elevated her I think because Joanne didn't really work in terms of hit singles yeah we were talking about a million reasons having a big boost from the, the halftime show yeah but otherwise Perfect Illusion didn't really do that much right right that was the first single right so it feels like since then there's more anticipation now for whatever she's doing than I think there was for Joanne right if only because the Super Bowl halftime show reminded people of what a huge sort of spectacular, spectacular star she is with a great pop, pop, pop-tastic catalog. And A Star is Born, I think, put her in front of people that got to see her in a different light yeah. and got to hear her voice again in sort of a pure way. Mm-hmm. And I think she's set up in a really great way for her next album. Now, does that mean her next album is going to be like, ha-ha, art pop too? No, it means that the table is set for her to do something massive. And it it's like, what what songs will she come with and will they perform? Because people want a hit from Lady Gaga. Will she deliver it? Because she is an eclectic artist and... You never know what direction she's going to turn. So will she give us that top 40 number one hit song? It remains to be seen. Dun, dun, dun. You ain't my boyfriend, boyfriend. I ain't your girlfriend, girlfriend. Okay, so we've broken it all down, but what does it all mean? I think it means that pop stars all have their own different pace at these at, at this at, at this thing yeah i feel like you know an aspiring pop star who might want a roadmap to success you know there's a lot of different paths to follow so you're welcome and also sorry at the same time <laughs> good luck well now it's time for the chart set of the week hello hello baby you called i can't hear a thing i have got no service in the club you say say can we keep talking about divas? Hey, speaking of all these divas, <laughs> we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of an amazing collaboration between two of them, Lady Gaga's Telephone featuring Beyonce. The track was released as part of Gaga's The Fame Monster EP in November of 2019, and eventually the song hit number one on the Pop Songs Airplay chart, dated March 27, 2010, and peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100, dated April 3rd of that year. Weirdly enough, though the song is a huge hit, it's never been performed live by the two singers together. It's a shame. Yeah, they have sung it on their own individually, but never with one another. Do you remember when it started at the Super Bowl halftime and everyone's like, like, she's coming. Beyonce is obviously coming. You can't have a Super Bowl without Beyonce. She would never have performed this song if Beyonce weren't going to pop out from the toaster underneath the stage, but she never came. She didn't, know. So there you have it nearly 10 years ago. Lady Gaga and Beyonce's team up on Telephone was released on its way to hitting number three on the Hot 100 chart. Uh, that's the end of our big diva, diva, diva show, yeah. show, show. Um, any parting words, Katie? I love talking about divas. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't love talking about their divas? <laughs> 
Oh, but there's so many things that we could go out on right now. We've talked about so much music. Um, I actually, I have like, I feel like of all the things we mentioned, the thing that's sticking in my head right now is Selena Gomez's "Bad Liar" because I just love that song so much, and it deserved more. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying.